Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. We are back with the Women's Football Podcast. Last week we were not here, things were a little bit crazy with the Euros, but we are back and this week I am joined by our own Alejandro Diago. How are things in Berlin? in Munich, Angelina here is very hot. Here we are dealing with the Hitzebelle, typical of the summer. But we enjoy the Euros and everything. We're enjoying everything. Fantastic. Same here. Very warm in Munich. Um, but I'm assuming it's probably not as warm for our <laughs> other guest, um, Manchester United Women's Supporters Club founder Nat Burrell. Um, I hear it's back raining in the UK as usual. Yeah, it's a bit of rain, but we had uh, some nice hot days and I had some barbecues and I was out in the sun, so I'm I'm happy. Yeah, I think w- when you live in the UK, you've just got to be happy with what you get, really, haven't you? Yeah, like, definitely. A few nice days, not too bad. Um, but, but yeah, like I say, we didn't have the podcast uh, last week and in that time, it seems like so much has happened. Um, obviously... Um, Things, yeah, I think there's a lot been happening, a lot of transfers and stuff. But of course, one or two things I just wanted to touch on um, is that since we did have the podcast, Bayern have been crowned officially the champions of the league in Germany. Congratulations to them. Alejandro, have you enjoyed the, um, the, the league in Germany this season? Are you happy to see Bayern winning? Yeah, I'm happy to see Bayern winning. They have broken the supremacy of Wolfsburg and it's cool to see that there is a new team on the ground, there is a new team on the neighbourhood trying to make the Bundesliga so much funny and so much better. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Um, obviously, the, the league in Spain is still going on, um, but also over in France, everything was wrapped up there and as we expected, PSG were crowned champions. Leon have been officially knocked off the perch. Nat, were you happy to see PSG get the win? Definitely. I think, you know, it's what we love to see. We love to see new teams challenging, big teams up there. You know, it's it's going to... I think it's already sort of causing waves because Leon are probably thinking, we've lost the Champions League, we've lost the league, you know, what's next? We need to come back stronger and it's only going to be beneficial for, for the whole of Europe and the whole of women's football. Definitely. Uh, great to see... Uh... Like, like you say, great to see other teams in the mix, definitely. But speaking of, um, you know, the French League, one of the biggest, well, f- for me anyway, in my opinion, one of the biggest pieces of transfer news is that Bordeaux's Khadija Shaw, she signed for Manchester City on a three-year deal. She was the top goal scorer in the French League last season. Very excited to be seeing her playing in the Women's Super League. Um Looking at Manchester City and the forwards that they already have, you know, they've got Chloe Kelly, Georgia Stanway, Ellen White, Caroline Weir, now Shaw. Alejandro, which player do you think will maybe suffer from Khadija Shaw's arrival? Who will maybe be playing less football now that she's there? Let's see, because this signing is, it has been surprising because Khadija Shaw is one of the strikers that has more projection in women's football, and it's going to see. It's going to be nice to see her now in Manchester City uh, next season. So I don't know what she can, uh, which one she can, which player can be the one that could be damnified after the the arrival of Cadillac. So, but 
I'm expecting to see Man City's next season, and I think they can make a nice fight for the title. I don't know if you like that or if you are <laughs> happy about that. Yeah, I mean, that, how gutted are you that City managed yeah. to get her? Gutted. I mean, I think it was one that we were definitely looking at. When I say we, Man United were definitely looking at. Uh, when Man United were in the you know, top of the table, Champions League, I definitely heard whispers that she was you know, looking at coming back and Man United was on the list. Obviously, we fell off. Um, I'm gutted, yeah, because for me, I see her as one of the best strikers in the world. I know that's a, a big uh, uh, pressure on her in a way, but for me, I think she can get up there, Miedemar, Sam Kergill. So I see um, maybe Ellen White not playing as much. Um, I see Hemp and Kelly and then Shaw in the middle. Uh, I saw a, obviously, Women's World Cup, but just before that, they played a, a friendly versus Scotland, and she was standout easily. Just, you know, the balls that she can get onto, uh, clinical in a shooting, obviously top goal scorer now in France. I think, you know, people who are, oh, she might get this and that. No, she's going to come in and smash up this league. And like I said, it's I'm just gutted because I'm half Jamaican and, you know, I've been following her that long, uh, so it would have been great if it was in the red shirt. But, you know, obviously she's looking for the best for herself, as she should. And, yeah, I think people are going to gonna be surprised, I think, uh, because, like I said, I see her as one of the best strikers uh, easily up there with, with, like I said, you meet a Margie Kerr. So it's going to be a great season um, next year in the WSL for strikers. Definitely, and I'm just so excited to see um, her come in, you know, as this added competition for these amazing, talented players that we've already got in the league. And I'm interested to see how she handles it and um, and the, the disruptions that she might cause. I do like that. Um, Alejandro, for Manchester City, do you feel like this signing is one of those that's maybe sending out a message that next season they are not? messing about they are going to be serious in disrupting things for Chelsea totally I'm 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 reviewing now the the squad of Manchester City and I think the adding of maybe one of the uh, signings they got they could make even one of the best they to build a team and make give them a boost because I'm watching the team now and I see a team that is candidate fight for everything in, in England and even maybe in Europe. Mm. That's, that's the other thing. I mean, they did, um, you know, I feel that they had a really good run in the, um, in the Champions League, but, you know, City being City will definitely want to build on that. And I think bringing in a player like Shaw will 100%, you know, in, enhance their chances, um, you know, if they, I'm sure they're probably hoping they don't come up against Barcelona again, but, you know, if they do, you know, having a player yeah. like that gives you so much, so much more, you know, options and... The problem, the problem of the cities here in Champions is that they met the best Barca of all times. Exactly. That's so, when, when you, when you are meeting, maybe that's the best Barca of all, of all, of all times and, uh, that that's a problem, and it's normal that you get knocked out. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it it was never like you say, Barcelona, the best, absolutely phenomenal. What they've been doing, they were phenomenal in the Champions League. Not to be disrespectful to City, but it was always going to be tough for them. Um, so yeah, I guess if they come up against a different team, 
I mean, even if they would have come up against a different team this season, maybe it would have been different. But I think coming up in the Champions League next season, it's definitely going to be an exciting one for them and, and props to them for getting Khadija Shaw because, again, I, I'm a massive fan of hers as well. Um, another player from France that will be... Um, this player will actually be returning to the Women's Super League two years after leaving Manchester City. So this has been reported about Nikita Paris. So allegedly, personal terms have been agreed. A deal has been made with Arsenal to sign the Lyon player. Now, are you surprised that she's leaving Lyon or do you feel like, you know, she's kind of ticked a few things off the bucket list? She's been there. It's been a great experience. Now she wants to come back to the UK. Yeah, that's what I think it is. I think uh, Super League is growing, Sky Sports, there's going to be TV deals, going to be all this. Uh, there's pressure on teams like, you know, there's pressure on Arsenal really to keep hold of that 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 third spot, keep, stay, keep in the Champions League. Um, so I'm not surprised that she's coming back. I think it would be a good move for her. Um, I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about, because I heard um, whispers that there might be a swap with Miedema. I mean, that would be good for her as well. Um, I definitely think Leon aren't going to sort of sit there and think, you know, yeah, we're letting uh, Paris go and there's no one going to come in. I think they will be looking at a big, big uh, striker, whether it's someone from Barca or, like you say, Miedemar going, going the other way. Obviously, it'd be great for Arsenal if they kept Miedemar and brought Paris in. Um, but with Viv being on the last uh, last year, don't know. You know, I know the agent has sort of said that she's going to stay at Arsenal for one more year, and then that probably means leave on the free. But you know, if I was Arsenal, uh, you got like the best striker there, and if she's not going to sign a contract, yeah, maybe. Um, seller to Leon because like I said about them before they're not gonna want to just sit and sort of be knocked off the perch they're gonna want to fight back so yeah definitely um I think it's going to be an exciting transfer with with some of the biggest names and you know this is just Arsenal starting and showing their um muscle if you get what I mean so let's see what other teams in the Super League react to that and I suppose what Leon do to to replace uh Paris um she was their top goal scorer, but I think they're probably looking at, you know, an even bigger name. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Um, I, I mean, this is the thing with the Miedema situation. Like, the agent, like you say, has come out and said that she's not going anywhere, but you you can't see Arsenal letting her go on a free. It's just, oh, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Talking about this, this transfer with, with Arsenal, you know, if this does happen... I think whoever, if they do lose a player in the transfer, I still think, you know, getting Paris is a great move. Um, Nat, again, do you think this is a move from Arsenal to kind of show, like you kind of touched on that, they also are very serious in the fact that they probably don't want to be, as they were, you know, kind of struggling to get into that top three. They obviously did by by beating Man United, but they don't really want that kind of iffy situation. They want to be able to know that we 100% are going to be in that top three. We are going to be strong enough to be competing in that top three. We don't just want third spot. We want to be, you know, second or first. Do you think this is one of those situations where that's kind of what they're demonstrating with this signing? Yeah, yeah. definitely. They, they... They, they want to show that they want to show that they're able to win again and they want to show that they're able to return to this glory Arsenal era. I think I think the Arsenal, uh, they have faced some years of, of deceptions and disappointment. But now, uh, with Nikita Paris signing, they, they put them in the first 
in the first stage to fight for everything in England. Yeah, for, for me, as I'm, um, you know, I think they would have been a bit shocked by uh, United coming up and, and I know that, like, you know, Everton also pushing up. So I think, yeah, they know now, in a way, even though that we've had our little hiccup, I suppose, but they know that, like, other teams are serious about competing in the Champions League, so they're going to have to stay there. Um, so I think they're trying to, like you say, you know, I know that Leah Williamson also signed a new contract. That would be massive for them. That would be like a signing as well. So they want to keep all them good players and then add on top of it, get a good manager in. And, you know, who knows? I think, you know, the Super League is is a really competitive league. I know that Chelsea obviously won it. I know it was City and Chelsea towards the end, but, you know, they won't want that. They will want to be up there competing, being the best Um and you know, looking to keep these players, looking to keep Leah, looking to to keep Nikita for long times and winning trophies with them because I think now that's where we're at. We're not, we're not at a place where you can just say we're the Arsenal, we're Man United. You've got to be in the Champions League, competing for trophies, and that's where people uh, players want to go. The best players, anyway. So you got to, um, it's all good for women's football, like the money coming in and if we're going to talk about a fee and all this kind of stuff, it's great. It's going to boost the women's game and um, players asking for the best is, is what we need. 100%. Um, talking about another women's Super League um, transfer, um, Arsenal's Ruby May, she's made the move to um, Manchester City um, again, Alejandro, do you think this is um, a, a good option for her? Of course, really. What I what I see with this signing, I see that Man City is trying to sign all the all the England hopefuls and talents to to build a team for the season. It's a strategy that it reminds me a lot to what Real Madrid is pretending to do. They are also trying to sign young talents from Spain. They are also trying to trying to sign all the all the young stars to make a team thinking in the future and I think Manchester City is, is following that path and I think it's, it can be good for them. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, maybe not good for the rest of us, but, but good for them. Um, I mean, now I have to ask you, there you know, are a lot of Manchester United's you know, rivals in the league as we've just talked about, especially Arsenal and Man City, you know, making some some really good signings. Do you have any concerns with Manchester United, especially with the managerial situation? We've maybe potentially, you know, we don't know what's going on, but we've maybe lost out to signing a player like Khadija Shaw. Do you have any concerns in this transfer window? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's always going to be the case when you're not really hearing much, you don't know who your manager is. You, yeah. Like I said, you're worried that players are going to other teams because they've got managers, because they are stable, whereas we're sort of in the air. It's one of them. I am... It's, I don't know. Like You always want to believe and trust in your team, and I do think you know, it's maybe shot them um, with Casey resigning. I know I said it on this pod before, but it's shot them into action. It's made them think... You know, we can't just sort of sleep on it. We can't just sort of be like, we're Man United and this is what's going to happen. Yeah, obviously, you know, Man United is the biggest, one of the biggest names in world football. So we do have that sort of pull. But you have to have the pull, like I said, in terms of what's your ambition? What are you competing for? Um, where's the motivation? Where's the drives? Uh, where's the facilities? So 
I think, you know, we've talked of them staying in Carrington, which is for the best, and the men and women teams sharing the training ground. That's that's a positive. Um, I know that they've put in a lot of effort around the academy team, and like what Alejandro said, developing young players is also really good. It's just, I suppose, now to see what, what they've done with who's going to come in, the manager, and then, um, you know, who the players that they want in. I think it's going to take a bit of time because I think, you know, a manager coming in, they might not like all of Casey's players, you know, because that's what's going to happen. It's going to be, you know, a squad is there already, so it's going to be sort of Casey who's probably done a few deals before she left and obviously the players that she's retained, the new manager might not like that, but I think it'll take a while. I don't know what's going to happen next year. I mean, that's that's the excitement of it. I mean, I hope we're going to be up there. hope that the, the manager can get the best out of the ones that are there. Um, but I hope just this new manager, they do back fully. Um, because I think if Man United put in, you know, a little bit of effort, for me, it's, it's there. The, the whole world is there. They can they can dominate. Um <sighs> It's just whether, I suppose, with women's football, that's what, these are the conversations we always have. Is the facilities right? Is the this right? Are they treated equally? And, you know, I think now more, you know, we've seen it with Birmingham, even we've seen some girls leave Paris and they've said it and they've just won the league. So, you know, it's one of them where we need to keep talking and having these conversations because no matter what team it is, um, I think more girls are coming out and saying, you know, we need equal treatment, we need equal treatment, we need to be treated better. So I think the, as long as the women's football keep doing that and keep putting pressure on teams like Man United and Arsenal and City and Paris and all around the world, then, yeah, I can see United doing well. But at the minute, I'm a bit worried, but let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we'll try and remain hopeful. But um, I think, yeah, the the situation with Man United, I think it kind of was very unexpected and for you know the the talk around the club that's been emerging about you know the facilities and 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 Casey perhaps not being too happy with certain things and obviously that's not maybe the greatest advert you know to bring a, a player in and it's I understand I, I probably agree with you I'm a little bit concerned but I'm just I'm hoping like every day that we're gonna have some good news about a manager and I think that will probably settle people as well have you yeah. Is there any? Is there a name now that you're got? You've got your fingers crossed for. Or? Um, Alejandro will probably know a bit more than me, but Maria Pry from Levante. I think what she's done is yeah. is amazing. Um, I know that she's, she's leaving, but Alejandro, I'd love her at United. <laughs> no, no, I understand that. Really, she has done a wonderful job in Levante. She's one of the best coaches Spain has at this moment. Uh, Maria. This season uh, has been uh, so surprising, but in, in but it, even even if the ones who were following Spanish food, women's football for a while, they wouldn't be surprised because Maria Maria Pri, she was very a very good coach when she was coaching Betis uh, two seasons ago. So that's not that is that is not even a surprise because uh, she's she has she was given time to make a team and she has uh, answered making a very good team, making a team that they can compete against every team because not only, okay, we all, we all need to remember that they lost against Barcelona in, in Copa de la Reina final, but come on, it's Barcelona and it's normal mm -hmm. and they are, the team of Barcelona here is like the dream team. No one no one in, in this in this world could, could beat them. But also we have seen they have uh, they have faced, faced 
Real Madrid very nice. They even win them at Valdebebas. So Maria Prish could be a very cool option for the for the bench of Manchester United. Fingers and toes crossed, everybody, listeners, guests, everyone. We would we would miss a coach like that in in the Spanish league. So I will. You, you've I, got I will, enough good coaches. You're yeah. fine. <laughs> we need a good coach. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, talking about the Spanish league, um, there have been rumours that Barcelona have received two huge offers from Lyon and Chelsea for Aitana Bonmati. So the midfielder has a release clause, allegedly, of about €3 million, Euros, but Lyon have offered to triple her salary and pay a fee of €500,000, making her the most expensive women's football player in the world. The fact that that sum of money would make somebody the most expensive. I mean, that's a conversation for another day when you think about the the numbers that are being talked about in the men's game. But first up, Alejandro, what do you make of of this? The Leon tripling her salary, her leaving Barcelona, what do you reckon? I I I make clear that Leon wants to win Champions League and they will spend mm-hmm. no matter what how much money so to get to get back the title, we've seen that also another another player apart from Faitana Bonmati, uh, that uh, that was linked to Lyon was Tian Enler, the goalkeeper from Paris Saint Germain, and she mm. was very close to join to join Lyon. So that means uh, the the French former champions they want to get back the title and they will do whatever it takes. But, I think, uh, I, as far as I have read, as I have understand, Aitana Bonmati wants to, to stay in Barcelona, but it will not depend on her. So that I think that Barca should uh, present an offer now to Aitana to see what what happens with the with the future of this player. Yeah, definitely. I think if if uh, numbers like those of tripling, the, the words tripling salary, if that's been thrown around, then I think Barcelona definitely, if she wants to stay, they have to make an offer and, and get the get it kind of ticked off to kind of end, end the rumours and end the discussions. Um, I mean, talking about Barcelona, you, you were telling me about this, Alejandro. Um, their captain has allegedly asked for a change of coach for next season. Obviously, their coach signed um, a year extension on his contract. What are your yeah. thoughts on on this that's that's being talked about? Mm, really, I it, it, I I was surprised when I read it yesterday because it was a it was a surprise because it reminds me to these eras of the men's team when when the players they they did mutinize and and they were rebelling against the executive and all the stuff because but now the situation is so so important that even on the executive board of Barca they have tweet this topic. Uh, the last information we know now is that uh, the captains that they want to speak today on the press conference before this re- again, before the Real Sociedad game, and also the, the coach will speak. So let's see how this situation re- it's, it, it is resolved. But uh, from a point of view, uh, what, uh, what if it's solved on a good way or in a bad way, I think the relationship now, e- either if Luis Cortés stays or he leaves, uh, the situation will be now so different in Barcelona. Hmm. Yeah, it would be very, very interesting to to see what happens. Um, I mean, 
if he if he does dep- whenever he does depart, whether it's you know maybe when it, when his contract does expire at the end of next season, um, w- will you be a bit concerned for Barcelona, or do you think that it's it's more about the stars on the pitch necessarily than who's guiding them? I think it's it's also it's more about the stars on the pitch, but really yeah. uh, we cannot we cannot forget what Luis Cortes has done for this team. Uh, we yeah. need to remember he came in. In the late 2017, as an analyst, for when Fran Sánchez was the head coach of Barcelona, he was the analyst. Fran Sánchez uh, was sacked, and then Luis Cortés took the team, and then he started to to try to to prepare them to as as they like it. Of course, there have been there has been some criticism on the on the t- on the team and, and on the fans because Luis Cortés, the pro- one of the problems he has. Is that he 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 regularly rotates players. He always trusts in the in the eleven top. He prefers and he got, he plays with them all the time. And I think some of the fans they will they will like him to see out of the team uh, because because of that because he doesn't make any rotations and the players can get very tired after the season. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I think it will be. Um... It it will be interesting. I think you know the the Barcelona ship is sailing so wonderfully at the moment. Um, any anything that would rock it, I would be really intrigued to see if it does. If it did have a, a big effect or a small effect, or um, yeah, I'd be very interested to see what happens. Well, I'd say um, Angelina, though, if he's available or if if it ends up, he <laughs> I'm ready. He's, if he's ready, yeah. I'm ready for Man United. <laughs> if he has to work them hard, I'm ready. <laughs> Oh, what do you think, Alejandro? It would be nice to see him coaching in the women's super league. To be honest, it will be it will be a nice experience because we have seen many Spanish coaches in the in English women football. For example, Pedro Martinez Losas, he was the one who made this Arsenal the winning team, uh, the, the the glorious Arsenal women's Arsenal of of, of the last of the last decade. But I think mm. maybe if we see Luis Cortés in in England, it will be it will be fun. It will be a nice, a nice team to watch. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling as we've been talking about the the rumors in Spain. I'm feeling a lot more confident about Manchester United. I feel like we've got some options for the managers, so we're. I'm feeling better. Um, I mean, one manager um, who made a move I personally was not expecting um, is Rita Guarino, obviously the Juventus coach. Uh, they of course lifted the lifted the trophy this season as they as they've done many times before. But um, I remember reading transfer rumors that she was maybe going to go um, to the Italy national team job, but she's heading to Inter Milan. Um, Nat, what are your thoughts on this one? This was one that I thought as well would be good for Man United. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know some people were doing little transfer rumors and. Get jumping in her DMs and asking her, but listen, um, I think it shows the ambition of Inter. To be honest, I think you know it's it's been AC that's been up there. Obviously, Juventus up there winning all the time. So uh, maybe Inter has sort of been under the radar, but now maybe this is them showing that listen, we want to um, be winning trophies, be winning uh, the league, be in the Champions League, um, and we're going to get a coach that's that's capable of that. Obviously, you know she's been. 
talking to them. She probably did talk to Italy national team as well. And, and you know, it would have been good if she did go to the national team. I think they're sort of dark horses maybe for the for the Euros next year. But the fact that she's chosen Inter, for me, it shows their ambition, the way they, they want to be. And uh, good luck to her. I'm, I'm sure they'll be in and around the transfer market making big deals as well because, obviously, I'm getting, I don't think she's going there thinking, you know, I'm not going to sign big players. So I think... It'll be good to see how she develops the players that are there and the players that she brings in. And, you know, I think it's going to be exciting for the Italian league next year um, with with good coaches there and what, what she can do. And she'll bring like a sort of inside of this is how Juve worked, this is how Juve got to the top, let's do it now. Definitely. And I um, I, I mean, Alejandro, we've spoken on the podcast numerous times about Inter Milan and how, you know, they arrived in the league the same time as as AC Milan. We've obviously seen AC Milan have have a really good season this this season. Well, the last season. Um, and we've talked about Inter Milan and how they've just kind of floating around the middle. They need something to you know to kind of be like a bit of a firework for them to put them right you know a bit closer up that table. Um, do you think that this is it? This is what we've been waiting for for Inter Milan. Do we think this is it's all um, you know it's all going to be rosy from here going forward? Of course, really, the arrival of the coach can can be the, the thing that AC Milan needs to needs to evolve and, and go a step ahead and even be a, a huge contender for the Serie A to break the Juventus dynasty. Uh, we have seen this year that uh, Juventus was the only team in Italy that was able to compete not only uh, national because he has, they have they had no rival in the in the scudetto but also internationally because we have seen that uh, that uh, uh, no other team even and we are talking now in other important teams for example uh, in Fiorentina Roma uh, no other team could face them. We have seen Rome, Roma. They have they given they give the surprises here with the Coppa Italia, but uh, the, the, a part of that, the league has been a monologue from Juventus. Mm, exactly, and I think um, I think it'd be really good to see her with Milan because as well, she, there isn't the pressure of the Champions League football as well. You can literally just focus solely. Yeah, you've got the cup games, but you know you can focus solely on the league and getting them to a better place. Um, I was kind of looking, thinking, are there any Juventus plays she'll maybe try and take with her? But, I mean, one that will not be going anywhere, at least for another year, is Barbara Bonancia. So, obviously, she is um, represented by Mina Raiola, which I know we've talked about before. There were typical Mina Raiola rumours of how she's he's said to her, no, we're not signing a new contract, we need to see what's out there. And there was, I think there was even links with Real Madrid, etc, etc. But, you know, she has renewed until 2022. Um, Nat, is that promising if you're a Juventus player? you She's renewed, but only for a year? Um, yeah, uh, to be honest. Uh, no, Natalie, I was only saying, yeah. I was only saying that it was this classic Nino. Yeah, classic. Very classic. classic. Nino and you know, Leon. I heard Leon. I heard Real Madrid. I heard this, but I think it is promising because I think, you know, with I know we're probably going to talk about it with their change of manager with who they brought in Juventus. Um, Joe, I think it's showing ambition, and obviously she wants to be part of that. They're in the Champions League, and I think, like you say, classic Nino. Let's see what we do this year. 
boost her profile more, talk about her more, um, when she's in the Champions League, when she'd probably score goals, and then uh, potentially some other team will come for her. I don't know. Uh, I know it's probably not what Juve fans want to hear, but yeah, she's um, she's sort of that, that staple. When you think of Juve, you think of her. So um, I think it's good for her that she signed it. It was a lovely video that I saw, and she was like, this shirt, and I've won all this with it. And, you know, I think Mino's going to going to bring uh, hype to the women's game that we, uh, I think it needs in a way. I think people sometimes don't like me, you know, I'm not his biggest fan, uh, but I think he's going to bring, like you say, the transfer uh, stories and the transfer rumours and boosting his players. And uh, if, if there's anything bad going on, we'll definitely hear about it from me, you know, so um, I'm excited uh, and I'm happy for her that she's signed there because like I said, she's sort of, when you think of Juve, you think of her. So, She's a big uh, part of that team, so it's good for them that she's staying. It it is, um, and I mean maybe she's only signed for for one year because maybe she's going to wait and see how things go. Because of course Juventus themselves have a new manager in former Arsenal manager Joe Montemurro. So he said that he allegedly wanted time off with his family. He's not really had that much time off. Um, so I'm not too sure about that one. Maybe he planned to have time off and it was just one of those situations where he was offered the job and he couldn't refuse it. Alejandro, are you excited to see him um, in the Italian league? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see the Italian league, but it was surprising because, as, as you told before, he said that maybe I want to take a year off to stop coaching and, and do nothing, but now he says, I can I can back and I go back to the champion of Italy. I go I go I go to the I go to Juventus. It's going to be curious to see if it's into the Italian league and how and how he understands the Italians. <clears throat> Let's remember he has been coaching in Arsenal and in and, and in Australia. Uh, but the Italian league I think it's another rhythm so much different than the rhythm playing in, in England. Mm. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I, th- I think it will be really interesting to see how he um, how he fares. Um, and d- to- talking about Arsenal, um, go- going off from, from the Italian League, but going back to Arsenal, um, one player who, who has signed um, a new contract is Leah Williamson. Um, Nat, do you think Arsenal fans will be breathing a sigh of relief? Because I know there were a lot of rumours a lot of talk, a lot of people saying there's not a chance she's not leaving. A few people are a little bit nervous. Do you think they'll be breathing a sigh of relief? Yeah, I remember the reaction on the socials when, when she did. And like I said, that's another one year. And I think she's going to look and see what they do because mm. uh, I heard Leon was interested, Paris, Wolfsburg, maybe some Spanish teams. She is, for me, uh, one of the best defenders out there and, and definitely the best defender in England for me. And, you know... I think she sort of said herself it was one of the hardest decisions because, like we said, sort of about Arsenal, where are they? Are they competing at the top or are they just sort of fighting for fourth? And obviously, if if it is that fighting for fourth kind of thing, she probably thought, listen, I don't really want to want to be doing this. I want to be winning the Champions League. I want to be winning league titles. So, you know, she's Arsenal through and through. Arsenal are a team she loves, but obviously she has to think of herself. And so that's why when she said something like it's the hardest decision, it's because she needs to know that their ambitions still match. Um, obviously, 
probably heard good things about who they're bringing in. Keita Paris coming in, who knows who else, and obviously a manager um, is probably hearing good things about that. So that's probably what's made a stay. But like I said, if they don't uh, win things or go far in the Champions League, I think next year, I think there'll be teams like Leon again back after a um, Wolfsburg, Bayern, they'll all come back for her. Um, and that's what I think with the women's game. It's sort of good in that, like, you know, these players, if, if the, they can move easily um, because, you know, everyone wants to win trophies and if it's not happening, you're not tied to a club that's sort of going, not saying Arsenal are going down, but you're not tied to that for, for ages. You can just, you know, sign a one year and see what happens. Um so it gives them a bit of power in that in that respect. But yeah, Arsenal fans were buzzing. Um, I know that, you know, through and through, it's what you want to see from the academy to, to the first team. And, you know, she Arsenal will want to be winning things with her and her as captain lifting trophies. I'm sure they'll they'll love something like that. Yeah, they they will definitely. Um now of of course I couldn't not talk about Real Madrid, Alejandro. Um, now, I don't know if this is going to be painful for you, but there is still this talk about Kosovari As- Aslani potentially heading to Juventus. People are saying that they've spied her agent in Italy. How are you feeling? It will be sad, but I I understand that she wants a new, a new, a new challenge. Uh, I understand that if maybe Juventus pays, them, pays, pays her more... She wants to go to Juve, but uh, for me, I, 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 I am understanding it, and I, and I have only words of thank you to her because she has been maybe one the one of the stars of the new Real Madrid and one of the icons of the new Real Madrid. Uh, let's see how Real Madrid is bringing to 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 supply her, and I think now Esther Gonzalez, the striker of Levante, that is one that is it has been linked. To Real Madrid, that is one of the names, but also they are on the list some curious names like Naikari Garcia, and and they are, and and this I think Real Madrid is going to make a very nice thing to watch next season. Definitely, um, I mean I, I'm I'm very excited to see um, to see them next season. You know, especially in the Champions League, etc. Uh, thanks to both of you for joining me this week, and I'm sure we will be back talking even more about all of these crazy transfers and what is going on in women's football. So that is it for today's One Football Women's Football podcast. As always, a big thanks to my guests, to Alejandro and to Nat for joining me, and to both of you for listening. If you do want to get in touch, as always, it is podcast at onefootball.com. And if you want to listen to more of our podcasts, make sure that you head to Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. Wherever you listen to all of your podcasts, really, to hear more from One Football. One Football.